Welcome back to another episode of The Rest, a podcast where you get to hear the rest of the story and where we continue the conversation that Sunday started. I'm your host, Jared Jacobus, and today's special guest mm-hmm. is Joel. How's it feel to be a special guest Great. every week? Better than... Better than a regular? Better than, better than a regular. Yeah. We had party in the parking lot this week. Yep. That was, uh, that was crazy. That was a lot of fun. It was. I was afraid that the temp drop was going to kind of stave some people off, but we had a ton of people there. We did. I thought that I was afraid of the same thing. Yeah. It was a really good turnout. It was just so, it was new. It was like 70 on Friday and then yeah. cold front came in Saturday and it's like, ugh, too much. But we had a lot of people there. Yeah. It was really fun. You did fairly well in pickleball. I did. How you uh you made it to the the final round? Finals. Finals. But you lost. I did. You brought a ringer. That guy was good. Yeah, you know, people are saying that I brought a ringer. You know I didn't bring him, right? You didn't bring him? See, I think people think I brought him. He you didn't, didn't even have you a didn't paddle. Pay him? He didn't even have a paddle when he came. He just showed up to play. He showed up because he's the guy who ran the tournament. He's the he's his one of his best friends from high school. Oh, really? And they played tennis together. Oh, so okay. he doesn't even live in Columbus. He's from Dayton. That's cool. So he just happened to be in town and he was like, hey, I'm over here doing this thing. So he showed up. That's sweet. And didn't He's have good. a partner. Didn't even show up to play in the thing. His buddy Steve just invited him and uh, I had decided I wasn't going to play. Oh, okay. And then... Uh, I said, if somebody? someone comes and needs a partner, I'll play. Okay. And then that guy showed up. Yeah. He's fun. He's good. He was good at hitting the ball. He he literally, like, again, he didn't bring a paddle. Yeah. And he forgot the rules of pickleball. <laughs> like, I was telling him, like, where to stand and yeah. how many serves, like, the whole time. So what was awkward about it is he's, like, naturally good at pickleball and, like, hitting the ball back. Yeah. And forth. But... I was like, oh, this is fine. Like when we first got up there, I was like, dude, you got to stand back there. Yeah, that's dude, funny. You, you know, it's my serve. Like he didn't know whose serve it was. He didn't know any wow. of the pickleball rules. So I was like, okay, well, we, we, we might win one or two, but we're not going to like. So it was getting awkward because we just kept winning. Yeah. And then we get to the finals and I'm like, this is. <laughs> that's cool. Though. That's a cool story. Yeah, it's fun. We uh, we did something fun at the beginning of this week. We did you and I and and Kevin and Bryce and Bryce. Yeah, I don't want to um, spoil anything, but um, we went to Chicago we to did. create something that we have planned down the road. Yep, the fast trip down the line. Yeah, down the line. Down the line, people will get to see it. Yep. Uh, I'm st- I'm still a little tired though. Uh, yeah. It was usually le- I don't it was less get, than like, twenty four hours. Yeah, it was fast turnaround. A lot of we uh, we did a lot. We did a lot amount of time. Got on a plane at one forty five on Monday yeah. and landed back in Columbus at eleven o'clock on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I enjoy Chicago though. It's, it's probably great. it's my favorite big city. It's it's awesome. Yeah. All right, well, uh, let's jump right into the sponsor this week. This week's sponsor is Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls. Mm. They have such a bad rap in the candy world. You know? <laughs> I, their rapper's brown. <laughs> no, I know. M- my wife, it's my wife's favorite candy. Oh, really? Well, 
uh, all throughout, you know, we've known each other since we were 14. So it was always, she loved Tootsie yeah. Rolls. Well, not too many people like them. Um, I've often thought of why they, they get put in so much of the Halloween candy. Um, you know, if no one, if, if only a, a select few actually enjoy them. Uh, well, they reached out to me and told me. Oh my gosh. You won't, you won't believe it. Why? So the sole reason why Tootsie Rolls are put in the Halloween candy mix is because they make every other piece of candy that much better. <laughs> so you hate them. <laughs> so they they uh, they intentionally set the bar low so that everything else can shine. You know? Oh wow! So I, act, think I think they're I think that, like you know brown and orange and they they you know they don't have the like red or yellow. Yeah, and they're but they're like chocolate. Well, it's not like chocolate chocolate. It's like pasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the the, the whatever, the consistency is different than yeah. chocolate, but they taste like chocolate. It's like hint of chocolate. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that they, they're better than... So you're on board for Tootsie Rolls? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, I like the chewiness of them. They're chewy. And you get I, a lot of life out of them. And I like... Uh, I don't mind the other flavors. I don't think I've had any of the. Other oh, really? Flavors. Like, yeah, they have like banana and green apple and. Wow, they've really they brought in red their, or something. Their steak. They've had that forever, though, man. Oh, you've I don't. Had, I'm not in one. that. I don't think so. You've had one. I doubt it. You've had one. All right, so we're going to start doing some quick recaps so that anyone that misses the message can jump right into the podcast and get yep. caught up. So this week was part two of Known For It. Joel referenced literature from Charles Spurgeon uh, that touched on why do we need to always pray for something? Um, specifically, um, what was it? That he spirit. was praying for the Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and Charles said it's because we leak, we mm -hmm. forget, we stop. Mm -hmm. Joel also referenced James K.A. Smith and that to follow Jesus, we need to become a student of Him and how mm -hmm. to love. Mm -hmm. um, then Joel also talked about we as humans are not first and foremost thinkers, but lovers, and that habits are what change our heart. Habits mm -hmm. are formed through imitation and practice, and that we need to make habits of what God wants until it becomes a habit of what we want. Mm -hmm. um, anything else to add? Yeah, the the James Smith book is uh, You Are What You Love. Yeah. And uh, his main premise is that human beings are beings of love or desire. Yeah. So we kind of have a, a a movement to us. We go after things. And if we are honest with what we're going after, then we'll find what we love. And, uh, and a lot of people don't think about what they love. They just move towards it every day. What do you love? they usually think about what they love and they give the right answer for what they think they should love. Yeah. But they actually don't love the things their, that their they actions say, say something they different. think they love. They actually love whatever it is they act move towards. Yeah. So one of the one of the great pictures and illustrations in the book that he brings up is this kind of journey that these men go on with this leader, this kind of spiritual mystical leader. And he takes them to this, it's basically like a cave. And he says, whatever you want, 
is inside the cave. And so when they realize that it's not what they think they should want, like, oh, I love my family and yeah. oh, I want health and oh, I want to love God or whatever it is, but it's like what they actually want with their life. Yeah. They're afraid to go in. Yeah. Because they realize that what they're going after every day is not right. Yeah. That's or deep. good. So uh <clears throat> that's, you know, part of of the this week of, you know, we're supposed to be known by our love, by our deeds, the things that we do for people. A city set on a hill you know, loving creatures, disciples of Jesus. Uh, Jesus washed the disciples' feet, and he's like, you you know, you need to be known for this type of behavior. Well, if we don't figure out where our hearts are leading us, they won't naturally lead us to loving behavior. They will lead to things we love, but not things that God has designed us to love and that are best for us to love. So we have to Use habits to yep. transform what we want. Amen. This week's message reminded me of a question that I've um, often thought about personally mm -hmm. and that some others might have wondered as well. So God is love and love is God, right? Mm -hmm. And we are beings of love because God designed us to be that way. Mm -hmm. My question is, are people that are not in a real relationship with God capable of loving others in the way that God intended? I would say no. And actually, I'm getting into that this week. Okay. That's what this week's message is about. They are capable, I'll put it this way. They are capable of doing loving things yeah. for people. Yeah. Which is generally good. It's good. But it's not necessarily a reflection of your heart. It could be a reflection of other things. Yeah. And so ultimately, um, God is after more than just you doing the loving things. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah, pe people can do it and we do. A lot of people do really great things. Yeah. Um, but that's not that's not the whole picture. It is the goal, though. So it's better. Um, it's better, but it's not best. On the idea that love is our destiny, you talked about we need to become what we really, um, what we really in our heart want to be. And that we shouldn't become something that we're not. Mm -hmm. What would you say to an individual that has had some kind of truly awful experiences in their life um, mm -hmm. to the point that they believe they're incapable of love? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, if I ever had this type of conversation with someone that was at that point where their, you know, their heart is so hardened or whatever it is, then you know what it is, is I've had, I actually have had this conversation yeah, many times. Um, and there's a big piece of it that is just really what it is, is they haven't been loved. Yeah. You know, so they haven't experienced love the way that God wants them to experience it. And it is very hard to love if we haven't experienced love. Yeah, that's true. 
So a lot of times when someone is that hard-hearted, they need to experience someone in their life loving them. And it is in these moments that the message of the gospel becomes very, very real to people. Because Jesus dying on a cross 2,000 years ago, in a spiritual sense, his death, you know, being a, you know, a ransom for you who is locked away in sin and leaded, leading towards death, it doesn't connect with people from just an intellectual kind of theological perspective. Yeah. When somebody starts to love you a little bit and then they understand that Jesus did that for us. Yeah then they can start to experience the overwhelming love and grace of God. And that can start to transform somebody because John, you know, John says for in first John, we love because we were first loved. So that's, he's talking about, about uh, Jesus. But again, for the church to move and grow, the love of Jesus has to be poured out. And that's what Paul over and over again. I mean, in in the passages that I cited just briefly at the end of the message, I talk about Ephesians, right? Love, you know, love like Jesus loved. Yeah. Right? Like you need to love like Jesus loved and and you need to uh, be like him and act like him. And, and when you do that, uh, live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So again, when we understand, what Paul understands Jesus giving himself up for us by us giving ourselves up for others yeah. in ways that make people experience genuine compassion or love or forgiveness or mercy or, or grace. And, and it, it is then that that becomes real to us. So I've, I've had conversations with people who, I mean, it's just like, and it, it's, it can be really hard because I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I know that's hard because your parents didn't love you because you had that bad experience because you were treated that way and you're scarred and you're scared and you're wounded and you don't feel like you have anything to give and in ways you don't yet. And so. And they're kind of in between a rock and a hard place with that yeah. because it's hard to love somebody that's in that. It is hard situation. to love somebody that's, that doesn't love. Yeah that feels like they can't love and they don't love. And then you you need to love them. Love the unlovable. Yeah, that's good advice for us. We could be the change agent in that, someone's that, I, I think someone's we're life. supposed to be the change agent. Yeah. Again, I don't think that, you know, it's interesting if you think about the washing of the feet. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that this week. But Jesus gives, says, I've given you an example. Yeah. So when he goes to the cross, he doesn't say, I've given you an example. Now he tells people to take up their crosses daily. So he doesn't mean go die on the cross daily. He means do, do the act that represents yourself giving daily. Every day, give yourself, pour yourself out and spend your life. I like the word spend. You have currency, you have something to offer, spend it yeah. for the life of others. But when he, when he washes feet, it's, here's an example. You know, he's like, and you need to do this. Uh, and people are going to know that you're one of my disciples when you do this. And it's going to be really hard. 
but I'm not going to be here. But I am going to kind of be here. Yeah. I'm going to give you a spirit, and then you're going to keep doing this by my power and through my power, so you're going to do it. Um, that is the mechanism. That is the command. Yeah. You know, like I think I said in week one, that Christians in the church, we're supposed to be for the world what Jesus was for the nation of Israel. You know, what, what Jesus was for his 12 disciples. And so we pour out and the living water flows from within us to the world, beings of love. That's good. You talked about our heart can be good, but it can also be evil. Mm -hmm. So we have to guard our hearts. Mm -hmm. How do we guard our hearts? Mm -hmm. And what does that actually look like? Um, guarding your heart, um, everything, all of life flows from it, right? Yeah. So, um, in a sense, if the spirit of the living God is what we drink and take into our hearts, and then that is given to us to flow, right? Yeah. Through us, then we have to be careful what else flows through us. You know, from from like the anthropological perspective, you know, humans are change agents. We we impact people, we change people, we act certain ways, and it 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 affects the world that we live in, you know. Yeah. We we we're images of God. Like, you know, we make impressions on everything. So we have to be careful what impression we're leaving. And so you have to you have to be careful what, what you import, right? I mean, when I was in college yeah, and sure. learned it was all, you know. You import what you export, you know? So you have to be careful what you watch. You have to be careful where you are. You have to be careful who you're with. You have to be careful where you go, all that, all of it. You have to, you have to guard your heart like a treasure that you don't want contaminated. So, you know, we just all came through this crazy pandemic. You think about guarding your, you know, whatever your, your mouth or yeah. guarding, you know, staying away. I mean, whatever, you know, people, regardless, you know, there's, there've been pandemics and outbreaks and flus and stuff all throughout history. And yep. when, when that happens, you, you guard your mouth so that you don't get sick. So you have to guard your heart. And so you don't just guard your heart and keep it from. And so again, all of this has lines up with God's definition of good and pure and righteous, what is good for you and what is, you know, healthy and moral and ethical. And so when you understand what God calls good, then you can understand what, what you shouldn't allow into your heart. And, and so that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. That that's big a big deal. moment of articulation, you know, and, you, and then you also are an individual who understands you a little bit to a degree yeah. and you don't understand you. To another degree. So there's probably basic things that you should go, I don't want that in my heart. I know I need to stay clear of that. I don't want to see that, look at that, think about that, whatever it is. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you might have things that uh, you're like, I can handle that. Good, bad, indifferent, whatever. And you might be able to handle it. And it doesn't necessarily contaminate you. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I like movies. You know? Um, Never really found that a movie has necessarily altered like my 
decisions or my behaviors, but they're contemplative for me. I view them as art and stories yeah. and you want to learn. It's like you learn. Wow. Life is like that. That's so fascinating. And you can go there and you can, you can understand more. So I, I you know, uh, like movies, um, a lot of people are a, a little more ridiculous and simple. And when you're a kid, that's the way you are. You're just impressionable. Right. Yep. So that's why parents keep their kids away from bad words and all that stuff to, they don't want them to just, you know, kids are little imitators, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, part of it is guarding your heart from what God would call bad again, and not, not calling things that God doesn't call bad, bad, calling the things in the world that, uh, I mean, you can go too far with this, right? Sex is not bad but porn is bad and fornication is bad and, and all of that stuff. So you need to be able to understand the difference between yeah. uh, what is good and, and what can be corrupted. At the same time, then you're not just keeping bad things away or whatever that is. You're, you're, you know, you're pursuing good and holy and righteous things to and people. That's the That's the, actually the main thing is the people, right? Yeah. So you spend time with people and the way that people act usually becomes kind of the way you act and the way that people think shapes the way you think. And uh, it, it's, that's the biggest impact that we have is other people in our life. So your friends shape the quality and direction of your life, right? Show me your friends. I'll show you your future, that whole deal. So guard your heart because where your, your heart will, will, um, direct your, your steps. Yeah. And I've seen, um, I've seen this situation. So Jesus would spend time with people that others wouldn't. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've known a couple of people that with good intentions started mm -hmm. spending time with people that um, were not necessarily good actors mm -hmm. and they spent too much time with them mm -hmm. and got sucked into some mm -hmm. of this stuff. So that I think that could also be a thing of like knowing how much is too much. Here, here's my thought on that. That's that's important. So one of the things that's so important to do whenever you were talking about Jesus, right, and what he did, like when Jesus, all the stories we're reading about Jesus, maybe not him turning water into wine. Um, but before that, in Luke, when Jesus is lost, yeah, and then he's in the temple. But almost every time, all these encounters, right? Jesus is with the woman at the well. Jesus with Zacchaeus, whatever, the blind man, the lepers, the the demonic, you know, possessed. Jesus is like a very distinguished influencer in their society. Yeah. He's an influencer. He's a teacher. He's a rabbi, probably dressed like a rabbi. So Jesus is, is interacting with all kinds of people to influence them. Yeah. He's an influencer, not like social media, but so when you, when you, Try to use the old, well, Jesus hung out with all the sinners, so I'm going to hang out with them too, and I'm trying to reach them. 
slow down for a second because you need to be able to define whether or not you're an influencer. Because if you're an influencer, then, okay, hopefully then as a Christian, you would influence them not to like, it's not always black and white, Yeah, you know, uh, drink or not drink. When you're a student in high school, that seems to be drink or not drugs or sex or, or those things. But when you're an adult, right, it's, you're going to be sitting with people all the time. And at a, at, a, at, a, at a minimum, you have to have a sense of self and direction. It's not so much that you are there to influence them to go a different way. It's, it's at least I know where I'm going. Yeah. That's good. And I'm not I, like, you know, an example is like, I went to this, uh, our son had his, he's in uh, seventh grade. So they had like a, we called him a canteen, their dances. Okay. It was like a cowboy theme or whatever. Yeah. And all the parents of these kids invited my wife and I and over and we went to their house. Um, but, and I wanted to wake up at six and I wanted yeah. to go to the gym at seven on a, on a Saturday at, at our gym where it's like, that's like the biggest workout of the week. It's usually like an hour and a half and it takes everything you have. And it's like, so when I'm there, like I'm like, I'm not just there, I'm headed somewhere. So I'm not going to let like, like just in a practical sense, now I'm hold on to the, the, like your overall life. But like in a practical sense, it's like, I'm not going to let you guys take away from like my plan. Yeah. So, you know, the spiritual metaphor there is what's your plan? You know, like, are you planning on loving people? Are you planning on, and when you go into those engagements, it will look like your calendar. And so, you know, I'm not just going to let like you take me off the path. Like I want to be with you, you, and I care about you, but just because you invite me off of my path, doesn't mean I'm going to say yes. Yeah, that's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you are always, I, I think that the way Jesus engaged is like he would meet them in their spaces and talk to them, but like nothing about them um, and what they did ever moved Jesus off his path. His influence of them was the, his path. Yeah. So for us, it may not just be like, we're always trying to influence or proselytize or like evangelize. I don't believe that we're supposed to just to kind of, you know, hey, I want to share the gospel. Da, da, da. I, I don't I don't believe that, and I have reasons for that. But, like, I do believe that my life is supposed to be um, somewhat planned in the sense that I'm a disciple of Christ, so there's certain things I'm going to be doing and certain things I'm up to, and when I'm with you, I'm not just going to let what you want me to do. So, again, uh, be with people, but understand your influence yeah, and at a minimum have a plan so that it's not whatever happens next. I'm just going to go with. Uh, That's really good. I would add that um, having a, a plan, like living out that uh, people see that and they mm -hmm. notice that it's different because yep. like not a lot of people do that. Right. So even in doing that, you're you're not evangelizing in that moment, but they can tell something's different, and they might try to figure out what is different about you. Yeah, and uh, 
again, I, it's not a, it's not a, uh, you know, black and white kind of like, there may be times where I go to a party with people and I, I want to sleep in and I might have a drink or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not taking me off of my plan. Yeah. But, you know, you move into having a drink or two and now you might move into, okay, how can that go bad? That can be turned into being drunk. Yeah. So, no, I'm not going to let that turn into that. Because you have a plan. Because I have a plan. Yeah. That's not what I do. I don't want to get drunk. It's just not the way I'm wired. And I'm here to be with you all, but I'm not here to like be like you all. Yeah. And that is, that is, that takes confidence. That takes, you know, planning and intentional life. And I think that's the whole thing is we're known for it, right? It's like, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Um, We don't get to pick. We don't get to, again, like I've said in this series, we don't get to take Jesus and make him in our image. Yeah. He's supposed to make us into his. Yeah. So habits are what change our hearts. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do we go about finding the right habits that we need to start working into our daily rhythms? Yeah, this is something that I'm, um, when I talked about the knowledge piece, it's like, you, you know, nobody can think their way into holiness. Yeah. The, it's like, can I become a disciple of Christ? What if I just learn all about Christ? And so it's in, it's information. And if you think that it's all about information, you're partially right, is what I said, but you're also partially wrong. So knowing what is good and the direction that you need to go is important. It is important. Yeah. So you do have to have information, right? Just like if you were going to go on a hike or whatever, there's a whole planning time. There's a whole like looking at the map and information and time of day and what you need to wear and how long you're going to go and instrumentation and all of that knowledge is important so that when you actually do it, you're successful. Yep. So, um, uh, we find the habits by knowing the direction, right? So that's, that's what I ended with. What's the vision that you have, you know? Um, what, what do you, what do you want when people go, oh man, when I think of Jared, I think about this and, and you want to put that answer in their mind. You want to create that answer for them because you're a disciple of Christ. So you want people to think Jared was really loving Jared. Like he was gentle. He was kind. He treated me with dignity, like all of those things. So you start to have these trajectories, right? You look into your relationships. How do I, how am I more kind with my wife? How am I more gentle with my wife? So then it doesn't come naturally. So then you, you, you're intentional about it. You spend, you spend a week of like, I'm going to be like extra kind to my wife this week. I'm going to be gentle. I'm looking for an opportunity when I want to react And I'm not going to do it when it's hard, but you're aware of it. It's intentional. You know, it's hard. It's going to be hard. And then you do it. You practice it. You fake it. You imitate it. You practice it until it becomes second nature. 
And that's like anything else. So a workout routine. I want to, you know, I want to shred some weight and I want to like gain some muscle mass and I want to whatever, you know, I want to be able to bench this or do this. It's like, there's the information. All right. You know, the direction. Now you got to back out of that vision and start to think about every day of your life. Yeah. What's going to get there? I got to go to the gym. Okay. I got to go to the gym. How am I going to get to the gym? I got to move this out. I got to change this. I got to do it every day. I got to make it a part of my life every single day. So you want to be like Christ? There's just things you got to do every day. You know, you have to spend time alone in prayer with Jesus every day. And then that becomes a habit. And then that habit leads to different habits. Because when you're sitting there talking with him, he'll he'll tell you, you'll, you'll confess your sin to him. And then he'll go, well, you don't just stop doing that, Joel. You need to start doing this. So then you make it a habit. And then anytime you feel the impulse to do the thing you're not supposed to do, you start doing the other thing until it becomes second nature. Yeah, that's really good. And I mean, that's that's a little bit generic, but um, one of the things that's really fascinating about habits is like when it comes to eating, my wife is a you know an eating dis- disorder therapist and she's a a general counselor as well, but like that's her specialty. So she teaches people to do what's called intuitive eating where you actually listen to your body and trust your body. Cause if you listen to it and you kind of tune in, then it will tell you what you need. And so when you start to add, so when someone doesn't eat, you know, they need to, to eat out of habit and then not allow what mom says, what culture says, what whatever, determine what you're going to eat, but what is good for you because your body is smart. You know, like if you're eating a bunch of sugar, your body will, you won't feel good, Yeah, but it tastes good. So you do it because you're actually trying to do something else, but then your body doesn't feel good. So if you stop and go, ah, that doesn't feel good, then you'll, you won't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So usually when we're doing things that are are actually bad for us, we don't like it. Oh, for sure. So, but 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 there's a part that we like. But then usually the rest of it we hate. You know, you like to get a buzz, but then being drunk and hungover is horrible. Yeah. But people keep going back because they love that that moment, that small moment, that small moment. And the reality is, is that when we build habits around the trajectories that are healthy based upon information, right? Then eventually, instead of only feeling good that much time, you actually feel good most of the time. Yeah. So habits actually, at first, it's, it, it's, it's the discipline of pain or the discipline of regret. Like you are going to experience pain. You're going to have problems. You're going to have mountains to climb. So you can decide to go down the road that is that you know is the best way and, and pay the price and the toll to get there now. And you're choosing it. You're choosing that pain. And you're going to feel better. So if you listen to your body, you're going to feel better about what you eat. You will. You just feel better. Yeah. You know, if you start going to the gym and working out all the time and you have a regular uh, and you sleep enough, you will feel really good. Yeah. 
You know, if you drink in moderation, you will feel really good. It's better to give than to receive. Well, it doesn't feel like it's better to give than to receive. So then you make yourself give, right? You send the flowers, you give the card, you make the phone call, you offer the comment, you say that generous thing. And then you're like, wow. And you actually experience like it is, there is something so special about being the one who does the blessing and not just receiving the blessing. And so it's better. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So usually now again, it doesn't mean it's not painful. So we're not saying that it doesn't have suffering and that it doesn't have problems and that it doesn't cost something, right? No pain, no gain, all that, but it's better. Yeah. It's better. So, um, that that's that's a little just kind of whatever soliloquy on habit for me, man. Yeah, that was really good. You know, build practices around what you want to be doing every day and what you know is right, what you know is what a disciple would be spending their time doing. Um, I think yeah, here's one for me, another one. It's like time with your kids. You know, like, isn't it so funny? We have these kids and they're just the most beautiful creatures and we love them. Like our hearts feel different. I, you know, I explain to people that haven't had kids yet that when you have a kid, it's like if love is a house and it's like a mansion or whatever it is, it's, it's, it's like when you have a kid, a whole other room of the house opened up. Yeah. You're like, oh, I, I didn't even know that that kind of love existed. So you feel that way about them. Like there's something that happens to, to dads and moms when they have babies. And then like when they get eight or whatever, and they want to talk to you about their random stuff, it's annoying. Yeah. It's just like, there it is. Like, you know, it's like, what? suddenly you're annoying me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I, um, I, I want to, I just want to be on my phone right now. I just want to, be alone right now. I, I don't want to engage right now. And then you you realize information. They're not going to always do that. Always nope. give your attention, right? The whole, all the parenting stuff we talked about. Always give your attention to a kid who wants your attention because they won't always want your attention. Yeah. When they want your attention, give it to them. And if you make a habit of not just responding when they want it, but intentionally spending time with your kids... You love it. Yeah, I know. But it's hard. It's real hard. It's hard to think that it will feel good because when they're when they're requesting it of you, it doesn't seem like it's gonna be good. But you know that it should be good. Yeah. You know that it's right. And then when you do it, you're like, I love this. So for yeah. me, like uh I I connect easiest with my oldest son. We just have a kind of a bond. My youngest daughter is basically like me, but a girl. So we just have this like energy fluidity. And, and my, my middle son is, is, you know, I have the hardest time connecting with him naturally. Yeah. But I'm not okay with that. I want to connect with him. So I'm like doing all these things to try to connect with him. And I, I got him to play pickleball. Oh, that's cool. And I, I, I bribed him. I bribed him. I said, dude, if you beat me, I'll pay you a bunch of money. 
And he's like motivated <laughs> by that. He's like a super smart math kid, always trying to figure out economies. He's smart. So he's like, ooh. So he has, it worked. Like he, um, he has asked me now. I want, he started off, let's go play. I think I can beat you. And he yeah. didn't know, I mean, he didn't know how to play. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to let him learn to play while he's trying to beat me. So he's, now he can play. And now he's like, I want to go to play pickleball and we go play other people That's so cool. at the courts. And yesterday we went and played and we won three games in a row. Wow, that's sweet. And like the whole thing was just me going, I have to figure out a way that I spend intentional time with my son because if I don't carve it out, make it happen, plan for it, make it, a ha it I'll, I'll just kind of be like, get home from work and be like, I'm just chilling for an hour, buddy. But instead it's like, He's like, let's go play pickleball. Yeah. And then so I'm like, cool. I'm tired, but I'm going to do this. And then it's awesome. So again, that's, uh, you don't want it. Yeah. Your heart wants something. It's going to go after something. Yeah. Build a habit to lead towards what your heart says, or what God says your heart should want. Yeah. And then feast on that because that's way better. Yeah. I have a similar um, kind of like situation with my kids, my two orders, five and seven. And if I'm, if I sit down, start sitting, get home from work, sit down on the couch, pull out my phone, they run up to me, dad, come look at this. Yep. Like it's hard it's to hard, get up, man. but I'm like, stand up, go look at whatever look little at thing it, they want to show me. Go look at it. Some, like what I'll like, do drawing is, or like know. Hot Wheels track or something. This morning I was finishing my message and typing it might have been last night and you know with few exceptions though it's like what you know what i'll do most of the time is when they come up to me i, I put it down and then i go look and i ask questions and i'm like that's really cool and i yeah. make myself engage you know and the reward of that is that they keep engaging you yeah that's the thing isn't it funny it's like you think if you if you tell them to leave you alone they'll eventually leave they you alone will. And that's just scare the crap out of a dad and a mom. Yeah. I don't want my kids to ever leave me alone. You know? So it's like, I'm like, I told him last night, I was like, hey, two minutes. I got to finish this because I'm writing it. It's due or whatever, you know? So I did it and then closed it and went and, and did it. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, uh, it's a very like intentional, like, this is going to stop. Yeah. Give me a minute here, you know? Um, I, again, I, there are times I think it's okay. You're wiped out. You're done, whatever. And it's like, Hey, I need dad, need, mom, yeah. you know, moms, you need a break. You, I'm not saying don't take a break and don't say yes or don't say no every single time, but you should make a habit of that not needing to happen is what I mean. Like yeah. engage with them in, in a regular rhythm so that the thing that is annoying you when they're bothering you doesn't even have to happen because you've carved out the desire. All they want is connection anyway and time yeah. with you. So anyway. It's really good. I think that's a good place for us to end this episode. All right. Thank you for following along and engaging in the series. I believe that uh, what's being taught in the series is by far the most important teaching application for those that call themselves Christians. So thank you for being a part of it. Yeah. As always, we'll be here next week to cover part three of Known For It on the rest. Yeah.